You know, some football players today remind me of Cuban cigars. They're weaker, they talk too much, and they don't pack the same punch they used to. Take it from Mike Ditka, member of Camacho's Board of the Bold, and check out the new Camacho Corojo line of smokes. Built for the expert palate and fine-tuned for maximum flavor impact, consistency, and quality. Pick one up today. Monitor three humidors at once from one simple device. Caring for your cigars is easy with the new PuroTemp wireless hygrometer from Zycar. You now have the ability to monitor the humidity and temperature in three humidors without even having to open them. Ensure protection by setting simple alerts that will warn you when your cigars are not in the optimal environment. Like everything Zycar, this is backed by their lifetime warranty. Stop by your local tobacconist to purchase yours today. Zycar for life. Everyone rates cigars, but very few cigars can say that they have been the number one cigar in the free world. The Aging Room Quattro F55 Concerto is one such cigar. Ranked as the number two cigar in Cigar Aficionado's Top 25 Cigars of 2013, the Aging Room Concerto features Dominican fillers and binders and is wrapped in an exquisite 10-year-old Sumatran wrapper. This medium-bodied, full-flavored cigar is full of creamy sweetness time and time again. Aging Room Cigar, small batches, limited Production, unlimited enjoyment. The recently released Perdomo Double Age 12-Year Vintage is an extremely rare blend of Perdomo's finest and most cherished 12-year-old fillers, binders, and wrappers. Bale aged for 10 years and then barrel aged in bourbon barrels for an additional two years, these exquisite Nicaraguan tobaccos are bursting with rich, complex flavors. Offered in Connecticut Sun-Grown or Maduro, each Perdomo Double Age 12-Year Vintage pairs extremely well with the finest Scotch whiskeys, bourbons, and other fine spirits. Available at only 250 authorized tobacconists worldwide, the Perdomo Double Age 12-Year Vintage is a must-have for every cigar enthusiast. What are you doing? What are you Having doing? Come on. You never light a cigar that way. You use a wooden match. Preserves the flavor, you see. Broadcasting live at the world famous Casa de Monte Cristo Cigar Lounge in Boynton Beach, Florida. Kiss My Ash Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars with Honest Abe, Adam K. the Brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M. Listen to the show anywhere in the free world at kissmyashradio.com. Honest Abe here joining you. We're broadcasting live from the main cigar bar, the world-famous Casa de Monte Cristo Lounge in the heart of Boynton Beach, Florida. So, Glenn Loop has some urgent news for us. Uh, give us a CRA update. Glenn, welcome. Are you there? I am, Abe. Uh, I can't believe we're talking again twice in two weeks. <laughs> yes. Yes. Glenn, uh, I'm sure your job, never-ending job, always has interesting stuff. What's going on in, our, in uh, the world of legislation currently? 
Well, I, I, I will attribute this to the uh, outstanding response to the Great Smoke. Uh, when we were on the air with you during Great Smoke, uh, we put out this impassioned plea, and I guess it worked because since Great Smoke occurred a couple weeks ago, 18 members of the United States House of Representatives have signed on to our legislation to exempt premium cigars from FDA oversight, and three members of the United States Senate have signed on. So I'm totally giving Kiss My Ash Radio and Great Smoke credit for those new members on the on the legislation. <laughs> we are always happy. We are always happy. We'll take to credit oblige. wherever we'll, we can get it. Yes, we'll take whatever credit we can get. Is there any any interesting, you know, updates or you know changes in what's been going on? Well, right now the FDA is during in this review period. There's uh, been a lot of pressure. In fact, just in the last couple of weeks since Great Smoke, that uh, efforts by our opposition in Congress to try to get a rule out while this uh, current commissioner of the FDA is still on the job, Margaret Homburg. Uh, she announced her, her resignation from the administration just before Great Smoke. Uh, a lot of anti-members of our, of our op- members of our opposition came out and said, put out a rule before you leave, and they have to get into confirmation hearings on a new commissioner of the FDA. That's not going to happen. That's simply not going to happen. But the uh, prediction that we made on the show uh, a couple of weeks ago during Great Smoke came to pass where a group of members of the, of the United States Senate said, put out a rule, put out a rule now, uh, and that they simply bureaucratically is not realistic. So right now it's in a hurry-up-and-wait mode. Uh-huh. Let me ask you a question. Is this because they feel that she's going to give them the result they, they want? Do they feel that the next person in charge may see things differently? What, what's the reasoning behind that push? It's just another excuse to push for a role. There's absolutely zero chance that the next person's going to have any different feelings about this than, than Margaret Humbert. In fact, the leading contender is a cardiologist from Duke University who's already at the FDA. He'll probably get nominated by the president in relatively short order. They've promised to roll out before the end of summer. Uh, the realistic is probably August, September. They will want to put something out. The question is, how can we mitigate the damage of what is in that for premium cigars? So there's really no threat of that. It's just typical Washington political theater. Now, before before the elections a few years ago, we had done great progress in getting a lot of sponsors and co-signers on the bill. And, of course, after that whole you know election year, we had to start kind of from scratch, rename the bill. Where are we today compared to where we were before the election? We are so much farther ahead of the game compared to the last two sessions of Congress. And it proves the value of having a consistent presence in Washington, D.C. You know, when we all began this process in April of 2011, it was starting from scratch. And we ended up that session of Congress with over 200, oh, 221 members of Congress on the bill. Uh, I mentioned at the beginning of the show that, that we now have three new members of the, uh, of the Senate on the bill. Well, uh, Two members of the United States Senate signed on to this bill because they were in the House of Representatives before the election. They were supporters of ours in the House of Representatives. They got elected to the United States Senate in November, and they came on as uh, on our new bill as members of the Senate. And that proves the value of a consistent presence in, in Washington, D.C. You know, historically, the cigar industry would have a crisis and then run out of town, and uh, SCHIP was a case in point. Now uh, both CRA and IPCPR have a consistent presence in Washington. 
and it proves the value of creating that type of a network to support the industry. Do you feel? Do you feel that there's a, there's any change in the FDA actually acknowledging the premium cigar side of this industry? Yes, I do. Uh, I really think the message has gotten through to the agency that we're different. The question is, how can they treat us differently? And there's a lot of ways to do that. But uh, I really do believe that for the first time, the agency has heard the message. It's been a course of over eight different briefings for the FDA alone plus briefings for the White House Office of Management and Budget. Uh, if, if this effort wasn't going on, honestly, I don't think we would be treated any differently than a pack of cigarettes, which is really what's in option one in terms of a path to regulation. The only reason this option two possibility of exemption or different treatment exists is because of this consistent effort in Washington. But real quick, I want to go back to your original question about new news, if you will. Uh, Right after Great Smoke, I was back in Washington, and, and we did a, a briefing that was very exciting for the ambassador to the United States from Cameroon. And obviously that helps bring in the African continent into this discussion about the impact on trade and jobs and the impact on the cigar industry. And the ambassador to the United States, and Joseph Charles Fo Antangana, I hope I pronounced his last name correctly, is a very pleasant gentleman, and uh, he pledged his assistance with the State Department and other agencies to get the message across as to what the export of Cameroon wrapper, which as you well know in your humidor there at Smoke Inn, um, wraps a lot of cigars and is a very valuable commodity in the cigar industry. So we add that to a, an international coalition that includes Nicaragua, Honduras, and the Dominican, but also we've done briefings for the embassies of Ecuador, Mexico, Brazil, Indonesia, uh, and now we add Cameroon to the mix dramatizing that there are truly international trade implications with, with messing with this industry. Now, one of the things we try to remind our listeners all the time is your organization is a consumer-driven organization based on memberships and subscriptions, correct? That's exactly right. And how, how has your membership been over the last years since its inception? Well, it's been a slow escalation, but, you know, the groups like the National Rifle Association have been around for you know, 187 years of plus or minus, and that's how they've built up to a you know cadre of nearly four million members. I'm pleased, if you will, that in in six years we now have a base of a base of members in all 50 states, and that allows us to exert ourselves in in state affairs and local affairs in all 50 states in six years. That in and of itself is fantastic. Do we need more? Absolutely. Do we have a fraction of the cigar smokers in America? No, we don't. We It's a training exercise to get consumers engaged, and that's the beauty of participating in these petition drives that we've got on this federal legislation. And right now we've got active petitions for 18 states and 35 different pieces of legislation on our site. All you have to do is go to cigarrights.org, go to your state's page, for example, right now, a new tax increase proposal in Pennsylvania. We have a petition going against that proposal. Likewise in Ohio, likewise in Kentucky. You can go to your state and find the legislation that's relevant to you as a cigar smoker in your state and participate in the democratic process by doing that. Training cigar consumers to be engaged in the process that this industry and this passion we all share is truly under assault is, is job number one. So the, you know, 
you hear numbers as well as I do about how many cigar smokers are in this country, but let's just say three million. You know, we need a solid base of 300,000 to 500,000 actively, consistently engaged in the political process. And that's why we hope your listeners uh, join the cause. Yeah, we try to urge them all the time. If you haven't done it, please do so. Visit uh, www.cigarrights.org. That's exactly right. You know, and I think your event was a case in point. Sometimes people are just reluctant to be engaged. They feel sharing their information or where they live or their email address is somehow, you know, wrong or bad or a threat or or a risk is, is probably a better word. And we, we can't be shy about this anymore. I mean, we say it time and again, oh, thanks to the efforts of your show and other mediums, is that this is truly real. The federal government's not kidding. Or your state government and how much they tax your, your cigars or restrict where you can enjoy them is a very real, tangible threat to this passion we have for premium cigars. So it's, it's time to rise up or, or this industry's going to change fundamentally forever. Now, at the Great Smoke, Smash Radio bought a bunch of memberships for the attendees that were there. Did we fill that quota, or were we shy? I think we may have just made it. I think we may have just made it. I didn't get the exact number after we left, but I know it was between that number of 200 and 250. But, uh, oh, but again, it's about encouraging that level of activism, and we cannot thank you enough for your support of this of this effort. No, always, always appreciative, and appreciate the hard work and I'm sure the lots of effort that goes into what you do, Glenn. Keep up the great work, and uh, anytime you have an update or need to share some news, please give us a call. Thank you and your team. I appreciate it so much. Great, thanks. Right after this, we're going to find out what's new in the humidor and check out Cigar News for the week. Stay tuned. Follow us on Twitter at KissMyAshRadio. Yes, it's mandatory. Cigar enthusiasts, did you know your personal freedom to enjoy a fine cigar is affected by some form of smoking ban in all 50 states? Additionally, taxation on premium cigars is at its highest level in history, with some states taxing at an astronomical rate of 75%. Finally, there's a solution. CRA, Cigar Rights of America, is the first and only nonprofit public advocacy association fighting for your freedom to enjoy a fine cigar. Don't just sit there. Become part of the solution. Become a CRA member today. Membership is only $35 a year. That's less than $3 a month. And as a special bonus, CRA will send you two limited edition cigars as a way to say thank you for joining. Visit CigarRights.org for more information and to become a member. Hi, this is Rocky Patel, and I'd like to invite you to try one of our Decade Cigars. This premier cigar received a 95 rating from Cigar Aficionado, one of the highest ratings ever afforded by that magazine. It's a beautiful Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper with fillers from Nicaragua and Honduras. This cigar is medium to full-bodied, rich, complex, yet elegant and well-balanced. I promise you, you're going to love the decade. Try it. This is a La Aurora-issued public service announcement. The iconic lion has gone rogue. 
Breaking out of the original Dominican Cigar Factory is Untamed by La Aurora. Undoubtedly, one of their strongest cigars proves that not only can their factory provide flavorful sticks, but powerful as well. Taking a fantastic Dominican Nicaraguan blend and wrapping it with an oily Connecticut broadleaf wrapper creates a wild ride of flavor from start to finish. Be aware, this animal is extremely aggressive and should be approached with caution. Bill Paley, Samuel Paley's grandson, has dedicated himself to creating cigars emblematic of the original La Polina brand, created by his grandfather over a century ago. La Polina premium handmade cigars represent a marriage of the finest tobaccos blended by master artisans. La Polina has consistently received top honors from all industry publications, including Cigar Aficionado's Top 25 Cigars of the Year and Cigar Journal's Best American-Made Cigar. La Polina, premium handmade cigars, available only at fine tobacconists. Trill, Cabarete, Cuellar. Yes, Trill, Cabarete, and Cuellar. I said Trill, Cabarete, and Cuellar. Get these cigar brands in your head because they are great and here to stay. So do yourself a favor. Go to your local retailer and say Trill, Cabarete, and Cuellar. I need to try these now. Top-rated cigars from Villager Cigars. It's a movement. For more information or to find a retailer near you, visit VilligerCigars.com. Welcome back to Kiss My Ash Radio with Honest Abe, Adam K, the Brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M. Welcome back. Honest Dave here. Nice transition, Colin. I was going to say, just dead drops threw me off. Yeah. Uh, with my gang, Adam K here, and uh, sitting in for the lovely Lady M is the fierce and ferocious Gwendolyn G. You know, you, it doesn't help. You can't give dirty looks on radio. I know. She's you so, have to say she's so out of her element because her facial expression is like her number one defense. Oh, absolutely. Exactly. You know. So I'm not used to having to voice it. She, yes. she likes to give the saucy looks. Yes. Um... We are broadcasting live from the world-famous Casa Monte Cristo Cigar Lounge in the heart of Boynton Beach, Florida. And we're going to take a look at what is in the box this week. We got a box. We got a box. What? We got a box. Take a look inside. I'm going to open it. Don't look at it. Oh, what's in the box? Let's ask Honest Abe. Cigar News. Cigar News, March 7th, 2015. A new viaje is coming in March, and it's all, uh, it's a, and that's about all anybody knows. Last October, viaje put out an image regarding a potential 2015 release with a bull-like logo. That image reappeared this time with a new message, Who's Hungry, March 2015. A representative from the company, does he have representatives? I, I thought he had like one guy who does say, the packing and the shipping, and that's it. I was going to say. Yeah. A representative from the company indicated that the brand owner, Andre Farkas, did not want any information released before the cigar is shipped. So it basically, is, Andre said that Andre didn't want things out. <laughs> it was noted that Farkas has been working on the project for approximately two years. 
a new Davidoff Lounge. Did you hear about this? Yeah, I did. Megastore. Renowned for its rich cigar heritage, Tampa, Florida is about to add a modern giant to its bustling cigar bar and retail scene. A new Davidoff of Geneva since 1911. Flagship store is on the way, measuring in at 5,000 square feet. It will become the largest Davidoff store in the world and the first to feature a full-service bar. But the new flagship store is not only a Davidoff venture, it's a partnership between the brand and Jeff and Tanya Borschwitz of Corona Cigar, who fully and own operate the massive, who will fully own and operate the massive Davidoff location. The store is 100% Davidoff in look, feel, and branding, but it is a licensed store owned and operated by Corona Cigar Company. So the culture, staff, and personality, and the ultimate cigar experience that we strive so hard to achieve will be the same as in our Orlando cigar store, said Jeff Borschwitz. The new location will feature a full-service bar, completely humidified retail space, private lockers, and a selection of indoor-outdoor lounges. The store is expected to open sometime later this year at the Met West International Retail Village in Tampa, Florida. Wow, exciting news. We've got to head over there for that. I was, I was going to say, can we be there for the yeah. grand opening? Actually, I'll talk to Jeff see if we can tie in yeah. a remote at least that Saturday, the week of the opening yeah. or whatnot. But, you know, I'm just, I never really understand the full... Cigar shop humidor concept. Yeah, well, I mean, not a fan of that. If you've been to any of Jeff's stores, they're all kind of like that. There's no particular just here's a humidor. Yeah, and it's just the entire store's there. I mean, it's now, just, now it, like if you go to the big it's one, not it's not just him. I mean, I've seen this concept. Oh, there, there are a lot of them. But yeah. his stores particularly are that way. If you go to the one in Sand Lake, there is a specified area of okay, these are where the cigars are. But it's still, but smoking, it, but it's still smoking throughout the whole right building. next to it. Yeah, yeah, so absolutely. I never really it's, understood it's, that. I, yeah. New factory for Camacho Cigars. Camacho will be getting a new factory. Ottinger Davidoff AG announced today that it has acquired a four yeah, four hundred and fifty thousand square feet of land in Dal- Dan Lee. Who describes land in square feet? I don't know. Should it be acreage or Yeah. Um that will eventually serve as the new home of Camacho, Room One O One, and Baccarat brands. I wonder if that means they're moving because I, I as far as I thought I thought that, um, well, no, they bought the factories, but yeah. they didn't buy the farms when they bought Camacho. That's yeah. what it was. Um, the first phase of the new factory will be 185 square feet, adding 60% more production to the current output of Aguiodistria <laughs> L-A-E-P-E-S-A, the company's current Honduras factory. The new space is near the company's box factory. And in addition, Davidoff announced the acquisition of farmland in Condega, Nicaragua as well. Davidoff did not indicate when the construction will begin in the new Honduran factory, but did say that the current Liepe SA factory, which has been 175 to 200 pairs of rollers, will eventually be closed. The new complex will not only host a production area, but will also be responsible for tobacco storage, pre-production, and host visitor areas for guests to stay. So it looks like they're going to ramp up their uh, trips to uh, Honduras. For the Camp Camacho? I, 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 do, I don't know if that means they're going to close down Camp Camacho. Yeah. Because, I mean, that, they've been using that facility for years. Mm-hmm. Hawaii raising the smoking age. Yes, folks. If you live in Hawaii, you're going to have to wait a little bit longer. Much like last year, two bills have been introduced in the Hawaii House of Representatives. That kind of sounds cool to say. The Hawaii House of Representatives? Yes, the Hawaii. It sounds like a restaurant. The Hawaiian House of Representatives. Right? It's the California Pizza Kitchen of Hawaii. I'm telling you. Um, 
that would make smoking for some much more challenging. One deals with smoking in parks. Last year's HB 325, the bill seeks to ban smoking in public parks and beaches across the state, something that has already happened at the local level across the state. Smoking is already banned in public beaches and in the counties of Hawaii and Honolulu and Maui. On Tuesday, the bill passed a third House committee. In addition, Hawaii is once again considering to raise the minimum age to purchase tobacco products in the state from 18 to 21. That bill has already passed two House committees. Like the smoking ban issue, a similar bill was proposed last year but failed to pass. Also, counties have tried passing similar legislation with varying degrees of success. Last year, Hawaii County, which covers the Big Island, successfully raised the minimum age to 21 while a measure in Honolulu was proposed but not passed. So I guess if you're 18, you just take the boat over to another island and buy a pack of cigarettes. Apparently. That or just paddleboard your way over. Or if that's really feasible. But uh, no. they also are saying they're trying to get a bill passed. I'm sure we'll talk to Glenn about this more when he's on in the next hour, that they're trying to put a 30% tax on tobacco in Pennsylvania now. Oh. Yeah. That's one of the last footholds, isn't it? Yes. It's one of the two states, the other being Florida, where there are no cigar taxes. We don't like to talk about it. Yeah. Don't tell the legislature yeah. they don't know what they're doing. They haven't wow, done it. Wow, 30% in Philadelphia. Yeah, in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, yeah. So um, I'm sure Glenn will have some interesting insights on that as well. Wow, very interesting. Um, well, up ahead, we're going to meet with Larry Palumbo and Janelle Rosenfeld from Altus USA. Stick around. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. You're listening to Kiss My Ash Radio. The godfather of boutique cigars is back. Ernesto Perez Carrillo, the creator of La Gloria Cubana, Siri R, and El Rico Habano, recently joined forces with his children to create E.P. Carrillo brand. In just the first year of E.P. Carrillo, received a 94 rating in Cigar Aficionado and number 8 Cigar of the Year and Rob Report's Best of the Best Honor. Although E.P. Carrillo is made with the finest tobaccos in the world, Ernesto has not wavered on his family's commitment for affordable prices. With prices starting at $4.50 for the 91 New Wave Connecticut, you can't afford not to try E.P. Carrillo. Pick up an E.P. Carrillo at your nearest location. Perfecting a seed for over 40 years takes skill. Then again, so does growing the perfect beard. Take it from Matt Booth, member of Camacho's Board of the Bold and the owner of the infamous Room 101 brand. The Camacho Corojo is hand-built from authentic Corojo seeds, built for the expert palate and fine-tuned for maximum flavor impact, consistency, and quality. Pick one up today. Coots Nicaraguan Blend, a pleasing medium-bodied cigar with a mix of flavors like cinnamon, graham cracker, herbs, spice, oak, grass, and mild pepper. The latest addition to the Coots Brands is a perfectly balanced cigar with subtle and nuanced flavors blended together nicely. This cigar poses a rich blend of Nicaraguan binders and fillers and featuring an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, greatly recommended for those who simply love the enjoyment of kicking back and getting the full cigar experience. Coots Nicaraguan Blend, presented by Coots. To find your nearest tobacconist, visit Coots.com. That's K-U-U-T-S dot com. When a child is diagnosed with cancer, their life and their family's life changes dramatically. Chemotherapy treatments, doctor visits, and trips to the hospital soon consume their time. 
The programs and services provided by the Kids Cancer Foundation make it possible for the foundation to meet the needs of our young patients and families. We could not provide these resources without your support. For more information and to find out how you can make a difference in the life of a child battling cancer, call 561-333-8116 or visit kidscancersf.org. Sponsored by CLE Cigars. Awarded the 2014 Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year with numerous 90-plus ratings, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary Cigar celebrates Tabacalera Perdomo's 20 years as one of Nicaragua's largest premium cigar manufacturers. Using only the highest priming tobaccos grown exclusively by the Perdomo family, the 20th Anniversary Cigar has a tremendous profile with layer upon layer of rich, elegant, complex flavors. Visit your nearest authorized tobacconist today and experience the masterful blend of these Nicaraguan puros. Now available in extremely limited edition pyramid size in Sungrown or Maduro. Welcome back to Kiss My Ash Radio with Honest Abe, Adam K, the Brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M. Welcome back, folks. Honest Abe here with my game, Adam Kane. We are broadcasting live from the main cigar bar at the world-famous Casa de Monte Cristo Cigar Bar, right here in the heart of Boynton Beach, Florida. I'm posing for a picture. There you go. Good job. Thank you. I can multitask. Absolutely. I'm talented. Yeah. Works uh, well on radio. It works well on radio. Uh, every week, I like to, uh, we invite some very special guests to be on what I consider to be my favorite part of the show. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell. It's time to meet your maker. This week, live in the studio, we have Larry Palumbo and Janelle Rosenfeld from Altidus, USA. Welcome, guys. Thank you for joining us on Kiss My Ash Radio. Oh, it's so great to be here. Oh, you've been on a few times, you know. know. You're like a regular now. But I haven't seen you for a while. It's been it's a while, yes. Uh, work, this thing work keeps getting in the I way. Know, it's, it's annoying. Crazy, I know. And, uh, Janelle, you are Vice President of Marketing and Trade Marketing at Altus USA. And Larry Plumber, I love your title. You're Vice President of Tobacco. Yep, that's it. Yep. I mean, I, I, I don't think that's like a cross-platform title for corporations across America. I've been buying tobacco for a long time, and I love doing it. How many years have you been buying tobacco, Larry? Uh, actually, buying tobacco, probably uh, oh, uh, close to 40 years. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. I know oh. I don't look at it. I was going to say, yeah. it's not bad. Absolutely. started when he was three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, interestingly enough, how old were you when you started, when you got in the tobacco industry, and how did you get in it? Okay, uh, that's an interesting question. Um, actually, it goes back to the 1960s. Uh, my sister... Uh, married into a family that were in the tobacco business. They were uh, German refugees uh, that came in the 30s uh, from Europe. Uh, there were two brothers, Ted and uh, Bob Kaufman, and uh, both of them were in the tobacco business in Germany. And when they came to the U.S., they got into the tobacco business here in the U.S., and both of them uh, worked for rival companies. One worked for General Cigar, uh, he was in charge of manufacturing. That was Ted Kaufman. His brother Bob was uh, vice president of tobacco for Consolidated Cigar, and I became friendly with both of them. And I loved to smoke cigars even at a young age, and um, I was fortunate that um, 
I became very friendly with Bob Kaufman. How he much was, for cigars when you were buying cigars? Oh, 35 cents. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that was a premium? Well, but, you know, actually back then there really weren't a lot of premium cigars. Right. It was mostly uh, mass market, machine-made cigars that had a natural wrapper. And that's what Bob Kaufman was buying, a lot of uh, wrappers and, and fillers for brands like uh, Dutch Masters, uh, El Producto, Tueros. Premium cigars were being made. They just weren't prolific? They weren't pro- uh, prolific. I mean, right. was it mostly just the Cuban brands at the uh, time? No, it was brands from uh, like the Canary Islands, yeah. and uh, there were some brands being made in Miami. Uh, there weren't a lot of factories. Uh, when I first started, was full-time was 1974. Uh, with uh, General Cigar, and we didn't have a factory in the, in the DR at that time. That came later on. Wow. So. Interesting. So. Yeah. You started. What, did you do anything before getting into tobacco? Uh, actually, I was an uh, actuary. <laughs> a very boring job, but I did that for three years. Wow. And then I got started as a trainee uh, with General Cigar in the Dominican Republic, where I worked with uh, t- with uh, their tobacco suppliers, and that's where I first got introduced to growing, but more importantly, uh, how what happened to tobaccos after they were grown and, and cured in the sheds, they were brought into the warehouses where they were fermented, sorted, and graded, and all that. So I spent about a year and a half, two years in the DR, and then from there I went, uh, my first job really was actually buying tobacco was in Pennsylvania. Um, I, General Cigar back then had a chewing business, loose leaf chew. Right. They made uh, mail pouch and some brands, Chattanooga Chew and Elephant Butts. And back then, the blends were primarily... Elephant pencil- Butts. That's, that's, that's a great one. That's a great one. Huh? You going to chew some Elephant Butts, uh, yeah. Adam? <laughs> well, it sounds better than um, deep fried... Uh, uh, First off... There's nothing better than anything that's deep fried. So well, stop right there. Deep fried wins automatically. Let's go to the testicle festival. But back then, Pennsylvania and Wisconsin were the two ingredients for uh, loose leaf chew. So yeah. I was buying the Pennsylvania for the company. You know, what I find very interesting is the evolution of the different types of tobacco you're probably buying over the years. I mean, you probably weren't looking. You were buying machine-made or chewed tobacco, I'm assuming, in the beginning of your career. That's right. How did you, and what point did the evolution of buying premium tobacco start to develop for premium cigars and how did that affect you? I mean, I'm sure it changed what you looked for and what you wanted in tobacco. Was there a learning curve? uh, Absolutely, yeah. Uh, The first time I really got introduced to premium tobaccos was uh, when General uh, started I hate to talk about General here so much. I talk about them all the time. All right, but uh, they they had a factory that that Ramon Cifuentes (laughs) I I say that all the time. Ramon Cifuentes, uh, who was the owner of the Partagas brand, uh, started the factory uh, in Jamaica. So I used to go periodically to, to Jamaica uh, to see the production of uh, the, the Macanudos back then. We were actually were growing some Jamaican tobacco, and uh, it was primarily Connecticut shade and uh, a Mexican binder. That was, that was the first introduction. So I got very familiar with Connecticut shade and Mexican tobacco. Those were the earliest tobaccos I got involved with, as well as uh, Dominican fillers, uh, primarily Piloto Cubano and uh, Olor tobaccos. What, you, what, what is it that you look for differently when you're looking for tobacco and premium cigars compared to well, it's all based on mass quality. market and, and chew or you know stuff like that? Well, mass market, you, you know, it's basically price driven. You're looking That's for it. inexpensive tobaccos that burn, that aren't offensive, that uh, are smokable, but uh, 
Do you ever come across a lot of tobacco that you find offensive? <laughs> now, that was my next question. And then I also want to know if you can eyeball well, a bale least, of tobacco from like 50 yards or something now. No, no, no. We buy tobacco today, and this has been going on for years. We physically examine, especially pre- premium tobaccos, which is basically what I do now. We physically examine every bale that we buy. Every we bale, even every in the same bale. lot? Absolutely. Every single every bale. bale. Wow. Every we open it up, bale. take tobacco out, smell it. Uh, we try to burn it occasionally. Uh, we make cigars maybe out of every 20, 30 bales as we're looking at it. Uh, so we, and especially wrappers. Wrappers are the, the most expensive uh, part of a cigar, and you have to be very critical in, in what you uh, what you're buying. If you're just joining us, we're speaking with Larry Palumbo, Vice President of Tobacco at Altus USA, one of the Grupo de Maestros. And uh, to my right, I have Janelle Rosenfeld, Vice President of Marketing and Trade Marketing of Altus USA. Uh, pretty potent combination of making cigars here. Um, <laughs> When, when when you use the word offensive, what happens when you come across something that you find? I mean, I mean is, is there a use for offensive tobacco? No, no. We don't what, buy it. What, what, what makes it offensive? I'm just wondering, somebody's well, got to go somewhere. Somebody's going to buy it. What makes it offensive? Well, if it doesn't burn it. or if it has a very bitter or metallic taste. What causes that? Is that a soil issue a soil or a issue. curing issue? Usually it's soil. Soil. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Now, do you find that in a particular bale, it just happened to be one section of the over, like a meter, just to any particular part of the soil, or? Well, that, that's that's an impossible question to you know to answer. When when we look at tobacco, as I said, we examine every bale. Uh, normally, I might look at a lot of 500 bales, say a filler. Uh, I start looking, and usually I travel with with a partner that I have, uh, Elmer. Uh, who works in Honduras. He and I go to Nicaragua a lot. And, um, you know, we reject bales as we go along. You know, if we run into a lot where the tobacco is very bad, that we find we're rejecting a lot of tobacco, uh, I'll just stop the whole process and just reject the whole lot. Why waste time? Why waste time? Because I'm not going to hunt and peck and try to get 20% out of uh, 500 bales. And even the 20% you get, I don't feel comfortable comfortable with so a lot of not a lot but it, it happens where i have to reject the whole what, lot. what's your rejection rate roughly i'd say it's 20 uh, percent well, yeah, yeah. not a small number yeah, 20 15 hopefully it's not you know when you start getting over 20 then you start questioning you purchase the tobacco you make decisions on what tobacco the company's going to buy and use right is that the end of your job no. Do you, do you buy tobacco? Do they come to you? Does someone come to you and say, "Look, I want. I'm looking for this type of tobacco for a blend." Or are you involved in the blend concept at all? Of what's going to go yeah. into a final yeah. product? I'll go back though to the the beginning. We have long-standing relationships with our suppliers. So, uh, like in Nicaragua, we have suppliers we've been buying tobacco from for you know 15, Decades, 20, 30 yeah. years. So. I work with a budget to plan how much tobacco I'm going to be purchasing in the next year. So I work with these suppliers to let them know ahead of time how much tobacco I'm going to need so they they can plant the tobacco that we need. It's just not that they go ahead and grow it and I show up. We, We work closely with our suppliers so that they grow the quantities we need. If for any reason we don't need as much as the prior year, I have to let them know that so that they grow less tobacco or they find other 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 outlets for the tobacco. How far out is that projection typically? It's uh, six months to a year. Have you ever given them a quantity or an expectation on tobacco and then find out that 
for whatever reason, the brand took a turn. And Absolutely. What happens with that tobacco? Well, it's it's been... Are you still committed to buying that tobacco? It's been our policy, the companies that I've worked with, that when we make a commitment, That's it, it's our it. word when we buy it, even wow. if we don't know it. That became a major problem in sort of the mid to late 90s when the cigar boom was going on. Yeah. And, you know, we put big orders in for tobacco, and we were actually buying tobaccos from other areas that historically we hadn't bought just to get the quantities we needed. And then sort of, I'd say, in 1998, the market uh, took a turn, uh, took a dive, and we had commitments, and we, we honored those commitments. Wow. Yep. It's, we work on a handshake, at least uh, the, you know, the major companies that I've worked for. It's always been that way. Do you feel when you're looking through bales of tobacco, you're, at any point you're being too picky? Or can you ever be too picky when you're trying to pick out a bale and determine the quality? Well, I'm, we are picky. We are picky, but uh, on the other hand, if you know, you, you need a certain quantity of tobacco uh, to Which keep... Which goes in the whole reason yeah, I and we, we maintain uh, a minimum of two years inventory of all our wrappers, binders, and fillers, and we try to, uh, you know, buy a year supply. When we reach a two-year uh, inventory, we buy another year to replace that. So we always work between a two- and three-year inventory. Wow, that's a lot of projecting. That is yep. a lot of projecting. Yeah, it's, it's expensive, too, because you're... This is you're carrying a lot of tobacco. In is inventory. it part of your duty to come up with those projections, or are they given to you? No, no. Uh, well, we're given we're given sales figures, and from those sales figures, we work back to to calculate the quantity of tobacco we need, uh, you know, to meet the production for the. It's a really year. complex process, right. uh, involving sales, marketing, um, and uh, tobacco and manufacturing as well, and uh, at Altidus because we have. So many wonderful brands, and, and we do sell and make a lot of cigars. We're fortunate in that we can use all of these tobaccos that we buy, and it's very important that we have these huge stores of tobaccos so they can continue to age and, and get to the best quality before we um, put them into our cigars. And and we're also fortunate because we are a, a vertically integrated company that if there are some tobaccos that we purchase that don't, um, come to the quality that we need for premium cigars, those tobaccos then can can then be allocated to a different portion of our company. Have a lot of outlets, so we yeah. only use the very best for the premium. Right. We have a very loyal listener in Las Vegas, Vegas Bill, and he wants to ask you, and we kind of touched base on this a little bit before, well, before you came on, why is San Andreas wrapper so popular now with blenders, and when did you first start using it? <laughs> Well, I'm very familiar with San Andreas Tobacco. I, going back to that company that I don't want to mention <laughs> so much, but uh, they were using a lot of that tobacco for uh, as a binder on a very popular brand. And so I'm very familiar with San Andreas Tobacco going back really to the late 70s. Uh, it was more binders and fillers that we were buying. And there was a small quantity that would come out of the binders that we could select and make wrappers for Maduro cigars. But back then, Maduro cigars were not that popular. Right. So the amount that we had to sort of cream off out of the binders was very tiny. Over time now, that tobacco has become more popular. Uh, Mexican tobacco had a bad reputation for a while, and I think uh, that's beginning to change now. The tobacco is very sweet, and it burns very well, and it makes an attractive cigar. I mean, I could be incorrect, but I think the bad reputation mostly came from the fact that 
when they tried to make Mexican cigars, they weren't able to import any other tobacco. That's exactly. So they had to use all their own tobaccos, That's which ex- really didn't make for a good cigar. That that but recently has changed. It's just like five six months ago, within the yeah, last year, right. I think no, it changed. Yeah, even longer. You know what's interesting though? The Mexican cigars were some of the best-selling cigars in New York City throughout the '80s with the Tejano cigars. Yeah, Tejano so, was a big So brand. they 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 are a good cigar. I think some of it could be prejudiced against thinking of things made in Mexico. Yeah. I have to say the Torrent family from whom we buy our San Andres um, wrappers. Those guys are experts. They're fifth generation family. Alberto, the patriarch of the family, he's a real agronomist. I mean, he's a trained agronomist. He knows, he's one of the most, I think, one of the most experienced tobacco guys I've ever met. I love to sit with him and hear him talk about tobacco. And he's a great person. He's a great person, a great family. And that San Andres wrapper that they grow is it's kick-ass. It's a great right. There's somebody you should try to get on the show, John. Let's get the Torrent family on. Yeah, they haven't been on. There's somebody we should get on the I show. I can help you. Yeah, you. We, know, we know people. <laughs> we know people. Right. Well, don't I go anywhere for I got a guy. <laughs> We're going to have more with Larry, Penumbo, with Larry Palumbo and Janelle Rosenfeld right after this. Kiss My Ash Radio with Honest Abe, Adam K., the Brewmeister, and Lady M. Listen to the show anywhere in the free world at kissmyashradio.com. Hey, fools, how about a game of cutthroat? Your funeral? That's my kind of game. Arnold, I hope your pool playing is better than your choice of cigars. Here, try this Rickloose cigar. You're going to need all the help you could get. Hey, don't be stingy. Let me get one of those. Rickloose. Wow, that's a good smoke. Now I can bring my A game. Hey, I think you should stick with that Rickloose cigar and work on your B game because you don't have an A game, and I know a little something about games. Boom. Hey, sucker, go buy yourself a Rickloose cigar and do it today. Voted the number one gentleman's club worldwide. Located on Okeechobee Military Trail for the sexiest scene in the city. Come see us at the Spearman Rhino, the premier upscale gentleman's club. Get ready to celebrate the good life with the Monte Cristo Social Club Roadshow, coming soon to a city near you. Enjoy world-class premium cigar brands like Monte Cristo, Romeo y Julieta, and H. Upman. Sip on delicious drinks and savor fine foods. You'll also hear an exclusive lecture about crafting premium cigars from the first seeds to hand-rolled masterpieces. Visit MontecristoSocialClub.com slash Roadshow for more information and to reserve your tickets to join in the festivities. Surgeon General's warning, cigar smoking can cause cancers of the mouth and throat even if you do not inhale. This is Eric Espinoza, and over the years, many cigar aficionados have enjoyed my highly rated brands, 601 Murcielago. In the spirit of continuing improvement, I have purchased my own factory. La Zona, in rich and fertile tobacco region of Esteli, Nicaragua. After almost two decades in the cigar industry, I have created a brand I finally feel is worthy of my name. Espinosa cigars are made with only the finest tobaccos, hand-selected, and aged to perfection. Our cigars are bold in flavor, yet refined to the palate. Look for Espinosa cigars at your nearest fine tobacconist. For more information, visit EspinosaCigars.com. The Oliva family. The makers of some of the most affordable yet highest rated premium cigars available continue in this tradition with the new Oliva Series V Milanio, a full-flavored yet smooth smoke which recently received a 95 rating from Cigar Snob Magazine. So always ask for Oliva, an unbeatable value and an uncompromising quality. The Oliva family of cigars. 
Welcome back to Kiss My Ash Radio with Honest Abe, Adam K., the Brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M. Welcome back. You are listening to Kiss My Ash Radio. We are in the middle of our Meet Your Maker segment. We are here with Larry Palumbo, the Vice President of Tobacco, one of the most interesting titles. I mean, are there a lot of Vice Presidents of Tobacco in the world of cigars? There are a few. There are a few? <laughs> I mean, uh, now, is there a President of Tobacco that you have to answer to? Everyone has to answer to somebody. <laughs> That's a great question. And is there a president? Right here is, the there a, is there a president of tobacco? Oh, there's a senior vice president. There's a senior vice president. Is he a grupo de maestro? Uh, no. No. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna no. I'm gonna. Well, you know, we we keep talking about that. Are you gonna go to that? Next? I'm gonna go to that next. I'm okay. sure it's probably more Janelle's question. Yeah. What exactly is the grupo de maestros, Janelle? The grupo de maestros is a group of uh, people. From our company with really vast experience working with um, tobaccos, working with cigars, making cigars, blending cigars. And about four years ago, we realized um, that this experience, to over 240 years, I think, when you add it all up, that these guys were our real experts. And we felt that it was very important to bring them together and um, create our blends, create our cigars um, in a kind of a, a community or group sort of atmosphere so that we could, it consists of marketing. Uh, Joe and I work closely with the Grupo de Maestros, Larry, uh, the guys at both of our factories in Dominican Republic and Honduras, um, to pull together blends that um, are different, they're unique. Um, we look very much at innovation, new ways of um, either new types of tobaccos that Larry can source, new ways of processing our tobaccos, new ways of blending them, so that we're always developing great blends, keeping our current blends strong and, and, and powerful, and yet coming up with new innovative blends as well. And now, so it's, it's really a collaborative effort. You've had a new limited progress and very well, the Monte Cristo group with the Maestros. So I'm, I'm assuming this group worked on that blend. They did blend that. In fact, there's a funny story about that. They worked on that blend kind of secretly. Uh, some of us didn't know about it, and we were at the factory one day, and they're smoking the cigar. I said, what's that? And we smoked, and I said, oh, my God, what? this is great. And they had blended it in limited numbers for themselves, and they were kind of like keeping it for themselves. And we said, uh-uh, uh-uh, we're going to bring that out. So we were able to bring out about 25,000 sticks from the back room that they were saving for themselves. And now, is, is, is that stuff they're doing, or are they overseeing all this other new stuff that you Everything, have? Everything, yeah. you got a lot all of product All of the new here. stuff, we work together with Tell them. Tell us about some of the new stuff you have out here now. Um, one of the new blends that we just came out with was the Romeo Añejo, which is a really great uh, Connecticut broadleaf. It's a vintage tobacco. I think it's from 2010 that's been aging yeah. for a long time. It's really rich, really full-bodied, yet has that natural sweetness that you get from a Connecticut broadleaf. has some aged Dominican canolore and the binder and uh, Nicaraguan and Honduran vintage tobaccos. Almost a little too potent for the morning, I it's have to a, say. It's a strong, powerful cigar. But you know, the thing about that broadleaf is that... smoking one in the morning? Uh, yeah. Well, she's probably... I wasn't prepared. I, I, <laughs> I thought, ah, just give me one of these. Yeah, it'll be great. And I'm like, oh man, this is a little fuller than I expected. You know, it's i got to prepare myself. But that broadleaf, to me, has just that little bit of natural sweetness that, that makes it uh, I don't know. I, I, it, I love it. It really has gotten a lot sweeter now that you say that as I've gotten into this just about a half, just yeah. a, under a, over a half-ish kind of a way, and it really has that little bit of a sweet, 
just it's mellowed out a little and it's a very very even yeah I, I love still broadleaf. a little potent yeah it's one of my favorites to smoke and broadleaf broadleaf is really unique tobacco in that most wrappers are what either shade grown or grown in a climate that's very cloudy broadleaf is actually a sun-grown tobacco and most tobaccos also what they call primed as the tobacco grows you pick leaves off the plant broadleaf once the plant is top, meaning you take the flower off of it, you let the plant mature, and then you cut the whole plant, the whole stalk. That's what the term stalk-cut tobacco comes from. They cure it while it's still on the stalk? They cut the stalk. They let it uh, fall on the field, let it wilt slightly, wow. and then they get a lath that has hooks on it, five hooks, and they actually hook the whole plant. It has about 8 to 12 leaves on it and hang that lath in the shed and cure it so it's stalk cured. Now, how long have they been doing this? Uh, this broadleaf is a very old tobacco. It goes back, I don't know, it's 100, 150 years back. Oh. It's, it's, it's been a traditional tobacco grown in the Connecticut Valley. It's it, funny, Drew Estate made it seem like they invented the stalk yeah. cure. Yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of guys try to say they invent things even if it's been around way, for way back. It's way a real back. traditional way. Of, right. Of yeah. I imagine it's less... Uh, yielding curing tobacco that way? Well, the problem with the yield is that it, when you stalk cut the tobacco and it falls, there's a lot of opportunity to, to break tobacco. So it, uh, you know, you get holes in it. So we're fortunate in that we make a little cigar called Backwoods that can utilize very small pieces of tobacco. So we buy really more broadleaf than anybody in the world. We're, we're the number one. Because you have an outlet. Far and away right. because yeah. we sell a lot of backwoods. So we're able to cream off the best broadleaf that we buy for our premium uh, product. So, and that's what we did here with the uh, Romeo and Yale. What, 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 what is your wrapper of choice when you smoke a cigar? Well, I like them all, but my favorite personally is Ecuadorian Cuban seed wrapper really? that we use uh, on many of our products like the Banker, right. the Monte Cristo Epic, the Romeo by Romeo and Juliet. Uh, it's a very uh, dark, uh, very, burns very well, has a round, robust uh, taste to it. And, and Sumatra is also from Ecuador is also a very good wrapper. Physically, it's not as clean-looking for some reason. It never cures properly, it, it, the color-wise. It's always a little dirtier-looking, but the Cuban seed uh, uh, cures very well. Yeah, it's a really pretty tobacco, that right. Ecuadorian Habana. Right. You look right. at the cigar, and it's just really luscious yeah. and silky-looking. Yeah. It's really what, nice. What, just one, one yeah. thing that might be interesting is that in any tobacco, the higher up you go in the plant, the darker and heavier the leaves get. So I'm fortunate in that we make a lot of products using this Ecuadorian Cuban seed wrapper. So I'm able to buy a wide range of primings, they call it. Yes. Anywhere from top the to top, the which is the eighth, down to about the fifth. So we have a range of, of wrappers that I can buy, and then we utilize those different colors on different cigars that we make. Like the Romeo by Romeo and Juliet, if you look at the cigar, it has the darkest, heaviest, oiliest wrapper. So that we utilize that on the Romeo. Then you go further down, and we make like the Monte by Monte Cristo. That uses a, a lighter, less uh, thick leaf. Because so the sun didn't get to those leaves as, 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 as exactly. much as the it's higher leaves. That's correct. Exactly. It all has leaves. to do with the sun and the amount of uh, 
uh, creates the thickness of the leaf. Right, and each leaf then also has a slightly different characteristic, smoking characteristic as well. Absolutely. So you can get those subtle differences in the blends based upon, even though it may have the same Ecuadorian Habano leaf, because it could be from a different priming, it has a different smoking characteristic. Right. And we're also fortunate in that the lower primings, which most premium manufacturers don't like to use, uh, we're able to utilize it on some of our mass market cigars that we make, like Dutch Masters. So the suppliers like me because yeah. I, I can buy a whole cross-section yeah. of tobaccos that they grow. It's easier we're, than someone wants to come and pick and choose, yeah. absolutely. Right. Yeah. Right. We say we're like the Native Americans. We use every single part of the tobacco plant. There you go. Now, uh-huh. now, how many people do what you do at Altus USA? Uh, I'd say probably four or five people. Something do you like guys that. do that together? Or are you guys buying different tobaccos? Usually, you have certain people that buy certain tobaccos. My area that I buy is primarily Ecuadorian wrappers, uh, Mexican tobacco, and Nicaraguan and Honduran tobaccos. And broadly, that's your specialty. That's yeah. That's my area that they want me to buy. Now, with all of this, you know, going through these 500 bales, how much time do you spend in, you know, Mexico or in the Ecuador and? All, just in those fields, going through how much time during it's, the year? It's not in the fields. It's usually in a warehouse. Oh, and yeah. most of my trips, is the majority of time is traveling. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> when I get to the warehouse, you know, I usually travel with this guy, Elmer, from Honduras. We can go through a lot of tobacco in a morning. We could look at 500 bales. And if we have more to look at, you know, we'll do it in the afternoon. So it's basically buying the tobacco is a, a one- or two-day uh, process. Wrappers take more time, you know, if I'm looking at, say, 500 uh, hands or that come out of cartons or bales of wrapper, that is a, a slower process because you have to really look at the wrapper very closely, you know, and wrappers, uh, uh, fillers and binders, you can go through more quickly. Wrappers, there's a lot of money involved. It's a, it's a slower process. I, I have an interesting question. Yeah. I've heard varying stories over the years in my career in this industry. What do you feel, or percentage-wise, or breakdown-wise, or fractionally, what part of the cigar is bringing out the most flavor? Is it the wrapper? <laughs> is it the bond? I mean, just your own person. I mean, I'm yeah, sure yeah, there's probably no there's, scientific. There's but no scientific. As a person who buys tobacco, probably smokes more tobacco than all of us combined here. Yeah. What is it you feel? I, that I you, say it's at least 50%. In the wrapper. In the wrapper. And it depends upon which wrapper, too, because, again, each wrapper has different characteristics, right? Right. Certain, certain wrappers can be more... Uh, overpowering right. or more like a blue cheese instead of just a mild that's cheddar. Correct. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to taste it a lot more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, recently we had a convention of our companies, and there were people from Cuba there. They have a totally different approach. They think that the wrapper is far less influential in the taste of a cigar, which I, I guess maybe they're just dealing with one type of wrapper. We have a wide range right. of wrappers. You have Cameroon. Well, they don't we really have, have a spectrum of wrappers to they have traditionally have used. Right. I mean, they just made a first Maduro in the last five years, four years, maybe. is the first time you made a Maduro cigar. Correct, yep. So, so yeah, I can see where their, where their mentality yeah, might be that know, way. We have Ecuadorian, we have Nicaraguan, Connecticut, Broadleaf, Indonesian. We have a... A wide spectrum of wrappers. Are they still growing wrappers in Connecticut? Yes. Yeah, so yeah. Actually, we have a farm that we own in Connecticut that grows both Connecticut shade. Field trip. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, field trip. Field trip. In August, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. take you Why did you us. say, uh, I said, oh. Oh, yeah, field trip. Yeah. 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 It's August, very interesting. we'll take I'll you. It's you. great. It's very uh, impressive. 
the amount of care that goes into growing Connecticut shade wrappers. It's but is that, are those leaves growing up there being used in premium cigar business? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, we because use it on I, I hear all the time on Connecticut our, seed. We use it on our... <laughs> We use it on our Monte Cristo uh, Classic. It still uses real Connecticut yeah. really? In fact, we'll be coming out with a blend in a couple of months using some very, very special yeah. vintage yeah. Connecticut wrappers grown on our farm. Yeah. Wow. And also that uh, Añejo broadleaf that was uh, grown on our farm Here as well. Here in Connecticut, in the U.S.? In the U.S., yep. absolutely. As, as over your career, has that production decreased? Oh, tra- dramatically. 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 Yeah, yeah. I, when, when I first went to Connecticut... There was probably, I don't know, five, 6,000 acres of Connecticut shade. Now it's uh, less than 1,000 acres. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Wow. yeah. Is that mostly because of the other countries growing more tobacco and less expensive probably? Correct. Right. Most of the Connecticut went to Ecuador because there you can grow the Connecticut seed without the without using the cloth. The shades. The shade. Yeah. Because the natural so, yeah, cloud cover. It's cloudy there all the time. So it makes it cheaper and also... It yields a little better, Ecuador, as well, because it's a little thinner leaf. So when you buy a pound of tobacco, there are more leaves in that pound sure. versus Connecticut. Wow. So we, you know, we still maintain uh, the Mecca, the uh, Monte Cristo with Connecticut shade. Somebody's going to get a job reevaluated soon. Uh, yeah, I think <laughs> Holy it's too cow. late. Holy <laughs> <laughs> well, cow. We're going to have, <laughs> <laughs> no. have more with Larry Palumbo and Jeanette Roosevelt right after this. Stay tuned for Hour 2 at Kiss My Ass Radio. It's no secret, there's a movement in this country to squash the rights of cigar smokers. These busybodies want to impose their will on cigar manufacturers, retailers, and smokers with exorbitant taxes and unfair restrictions. As a cigar enthusiast, you do have a voice in this fight. Cigar Rights of America. CRA is your partner in Washington and all 50 states in the struggle to preserve your rights to enjoy cigars at reasonable prices in traditional settings. For the price of a few cigars, just $35 a year, you can join CRA and support their efforts in your behalf. Join up today on the Smokers' Rights page at thecigarstation.com. The new Romeo Inejo by Romeo y Julieta is crafted with a passion grown through time. Its double-fermented 2008 vintage tobaccos find their perfect companion with a stock-cut dark Connecticut wrapper. Together, they're aged in unique cedar cojones for a bold, sophisticated experience featuring notes of coffee and dark chocolate. Experience the timeless passion of the Romeo Inejo today at your local tobacconist. Surgeon General's warning, cigar smoking can cause cancers of the mouth and throat even if you do not inhale. Arturo Fuente, the reigning family of premium cigars since 1912, artistically combining old-world traditions and unparalleled craftsmanship with flavorful aged tobaccos, making Arturo Fuente the best-selling premium cigars in America. From the world-renowned Fuente Fuente Opus X to the new line of highly rated Arturo Fuente Rosado Magnum R Series, the Fuente family is proud to offer cigars for every palate. Whether you're a connoisseur or an occasional smoker, discover why only Fuente is Fuente. Duho, Quake, Cuave, and Cucuano. Premium cigars, 100% handcrafted Nicaraguan blend. Consistency, balance, aroma, and strength. Duho, Quake, Cuave, and Cucuano. The closest cigars to perfection. To find your nearest retailer, visit cucubanocigars.com. 
With the launch of the Siri D, Eddie Ortega has returned to the classic roots of cigar making. Crafted in Nicaragua, the Ortega Siri D is now available in six classic sizes, from the 4.5 by 48 number 6 to the newly released 6 by 60. Available in both a Mexican Maduro and a Habano Rosado wrapper, Ortega cigars will delight and enthrall even the most demanding of cigar smokers. Stop by any smoking location and try an Ortega Siri D today. Ortega cigars, classic cigar sizes for classic smokers. Old and new. Christoph Cigars has taken the boutique cigar industry by storm. Made in the spirit of elite Cuban cigar, Christoph allows you to experience the rich flavor and tradition found in the finest Cuban blends. Christoph Cigars are made using only the highest quality Habano seed and double fermented premium tobaccos from around the world. With 14 premium hand blends to choose from, mild to full-bodied, Christophe has a blend that is sure to satisfy the most discriminating cigar aficionado. Discover your Christophe today. Welcome back to Kiss My Ash Radio with Honest Abe, Adam K., the Brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M. Libertarians and lovers of the leaf. I'm your host, Oz Dave, along with my gang, Adam K., the Brewmeister. And sitting in for the lovely Lady M is Gwendolyn G. Today, we are broadcasting live from the main cigar bar at the world-famous Casa Monte Cristo Cigar Lounge in the heart of Boynton Beach, Florida. Broadcasting in front of a live audience today. If you're anywhere in the area, pull over, get off on Gateway Boulevard, come on down. we got bottomless mimosas and Bloody Marys throughout the show. Makes us sound better while we're on the air. That we have Bloody Marys? Yes. Bottomless Mimosas and Bloody Marys makes our show better, mm-hmm. I believe. Yes. Um, we are here with Larry Palumbo, Vice President of Tobacco and Altus USA, and Janelle Rosenfeld, Vice President of Marketing and Trade Marketing over at Altus USA. And, um, no, <laughs> great, thanks. Uh, before we uh, go further, I have more questions. We are uh, going to take a quick break, so Glenn Loop has some urgent news for us. Uh, give us a CRA update. Glenn, welcome. Are you there? I am, Abe. I can't believe we're talking again twice in two weeks. <laughs> yes, yes. Glenn, uh, I'm sure your job, never-ending job, always has interesting stuff. What's going on in our in uh, the world of legislation currently? Well, I, I, I will attribute this to the uh, outstanding response to the Great Smoke. Uh, when we were on the air with you during Great Smoke, uh, we put out this impassioned plea, and I guess it worked, because since Great Smoke occurred, a couple weeks ago, 18 members of the United States House of Representatives have signed on to our legislation to exempt premium cigars from FDA oversight, and three members of the United States Senate have signed on. So I'm totally giving 
Kiss My Ass Radio and Great Smoke Credit for those new members on the on the legislation. <laughs> we are always happy. We are always happy. We'll take to credit wherever we can get it. Yes, we'll take whatever credit we can get. Is there any any interesting, you know, updates or you know changes in what's been going on? Well, right now the FDA is during in this review period. There's uh, been a lot of pressure. In fact, just in the last couple of weeks since Great Smoke, that uh, efforts by our opposition in Congress to try to get a rule out while this. Uh, current commissioner of the FDA is still on the job, Margaret Homburg. Uh, she announced her, her resignation from the administration just before Great Smoke. Uh, a lot of anti-members of our, of our op- members of our opposition came out and said, put out a rule before you leave, and they have to get into confirmation hearings on a new commissioner of the FDA. That's not going to happen. That's simply not going to happen. But the uh, prediction that we made on the show uh, a couple weeks ago during Great Smoke came to pass where a group of members of the, of the United States Senate said, put out a rule, put out a rule now, uh, and that they simply bureaucratically is not realistic. So right now it's in a hurry-up-and-wait mode. Uh-huh. Let me ask you a question. Is this because they feel that she's going to give them the result they, they want? Do they feel that the next person in charge may see things differently? What, what's the reasoning behind that push? It's just another excuse to push for a role. There's absolutely zero chance that the next person's going to have any different feelings about this than, than Margaret Humberg. In fact, the leading contender is a uh, cardiologist from Duke University who's already at, at the FDA. He'll probably get nominated by the president in relatively short order. They've promised to roll out before the end of summer. Uh, the realistic is probably August, September, that will want to put something out. The question is, how can we mitigate the damage of what is in that for premium cigars? So there's really no threat of that. It's just typical Washington political theater. Now, before before the elections a few years ago, we had done great progress in getting a lot of sponsors and co-signers on the bill. And, of course, after that whole you know election year, we had to start kind of from scratch, rename the bill. Where are we today compared to where we were before the election? We are so much farther ahead of the game compared to the last two sessions of Congress. And it proves the value of having a consistent presence in Washington, D.C. When we all began this process in April of 2011, it was starting from scratch. And we ended up that session of Congress with over 221 members of Congress on the bill. Uh, I mentioned at the beginning of the show that that we now have three new members of the the Senate on the bill. Well, uh, Two members of the United States Senate signed on to this bill because they were in the House of Representatives before the election. They were supporters of ours in the House of Representatives. They got elected to the United States Senate in November, and they came on as uh, on our new bill as members of the Senate. And that proves the value of a consistent presence in, in Washington, D.C. You know, historically, the cigar industry would have a crisis and then run out of town, and s chip was a case in point. Now uh, both CRA and IPCPR have a consistent presence in Washington, and it proves the value of creating that type of a network to support the industry. Hmm. Do you feel do you feel <clears throat> that there's uh, there's any change in the FDA actually acknowledging the premium cigar side of this industry? Yes, I do. Uh, I really think the message has gotten through to the agency that we're different. The question is, how can they treat us differently? And there's a lot of ways to do that. 
But uh, I really do believe that for the first time, the agency has heard the message. It's been a course of over eight different briefings for the FDA alone, plus briefings for the White House Office of Management and Budget. Uh, if, if this effort wasn't going on, honestly, I don't think we would be treated any differently than a pack of cigarettes, which is really what's an option one in terms of a path to regulation. The only reason this option two possibility of exemption or different treatment exists is because of this consistent effort in Washington. But real quick, I want to go back to your original question about new news, if you will. Uh, right after Great Smoke, I was back in Washington, and, and we did a, a briefing that was very exciting for the ambassador to the United States from Cameroon. And obviously that helps bring in the African continent into this discussion about the impact on trade and jobs and the impact on the cigar industry. And the ambassador to the United States, Joseph Charles Fo Antanganta, I hope I pronounced his last name correctly. He's a very pleasant gentleman. And uh, he pledged his assistance with the State Department and other agencies to get the message across as to what the export of Cameroon wrapper, which as you well know in your humidor there at Smoke Inn, um, wraps a lot of cigars and is a very valuable commodity in the cigar industry. So we add that to a, an international coalition that includes Nicaragua, Honduras, and the Dominican, but also we've done briefings for the embassies of Ecuador, Mexico, Brazil, Indonesia, uh, and now we add Cameroon to the mix, dramatizing that there are truly international trade implications with, with messing with this industry. Now, one of the things we try to remind our listeners all the time is your organization is a consumer-driven organization based on memberships and subscriptions, Correct. That's exactly right. And how, how has your membership been over the last years since its inception? Well, it's been a slow escalation, but, you know, the groups like the National Rifle Association have been around for, you know, 187 years or plus or minus. And that's how they've built up to a, you know, cadre of nearly 4 million members. I'm pleased if you will, that in in six years we now have a base of a base of members in all fifty states, and that allows us to exert ourselves in in state affairs and local affairs in all fifty states in six years. That in and of itself is fantastic. Do we need more? Absolutely. Do we have a fraction of the cigar smokers in America? No, we don't. We it's a training exercise to get consumers engaged, and that's the beauty of participating in these petition drives that we've got on this federal legislation. And right now we've got active petitions for 18 states and 35 different pieces of legislation on our site. All you have to do is go to CigarRights.org, go to your state's page. For example, right now, a new tax increase proposal in Pennsylvania. We have a petition going against that proposal. Likewise in Ohio, likewise in Kentucky. You can go to your state and find the legislation that's relevant to you as a cigar smoker in your state and participate in the democratic process by doing that. Training cigar consumers to be engaged in the process that this industry and this passion we all share is truly under assault is, is job number one. So, the, you know, you hear numbers as well as I do about how many cigar smokers are in this country, but let's just say three million. You know, we need a solid base of 300,000 to 500,000 actively, consistently engaged in the political process. And that's why we hope your listeners uh, in, join the cause. Yeah, we try to urge them all the time. If you haven't done it, please do so. Visit uh, www.cigarrights.org. That's exactly right. 
you know, and I think Good. your event was a case in point. Sometimes people are just reluctant to be engaged. Or they feel sharing their information or where they live or their email address is somehow, you know, wrong or bad or a threat or a risk is, is probably a better word. And we, we can't be shy about this anymore. I mean, we say it time and again, oh, thanks to the efforts of your show and other mediums, is that this is truly real. The federal government's not kidding. Or your state government and how much they tax your your cigars or restrict where you can enjoy them is a very real, tangible threat to this passion we have for premium cigars. So it's it's time to rise up, or, or this industry is going to change fundamentally forever. Now, at the Great Smoke, Smash Radio bought a bunch of memberships for the attendees that were there. Did we fill that quota, or were we shy? I think we may have just made it. I think we may have just made it. I didn't get the exact number after we left, but I know it was between that number of 200 and 250. But, uh, but again, it's about encouraging that level of activism, and we cannot thank you enough for your support of this of this effort. No, always, always appreciative, and appreciate the hard work, and I'm sure the lots of effort that goes into what you do, Glenn. Keep up the great work, and uh, anytime you have an update or need to share some news, please give us a call. Thank you and your team. appreciate it so much. Great, thanks. Uh, right after this, we're going to have more uh, with Larry Palumbo and Janelle Rosenfeld of Altidus USA. Stay tuned. Follow us on Twitter at Kiss My Ash Radio. Yes, it's mandatory. The recently released Perdomo Double Age 12 Year Vintage is an extremely rare blend of Perdomo's finest and most cherished 12 year old fillers, binders, and wrappers. Bale aged for 10 years and then barrel aged in bourbon barrels for an additional two years, these exquisite Nicaraguan tobaccos are bursting with rich, complex flavors. Offered in Connecticut, Sungrown, or Maduro, each Perdomo Double Age 12 Year Vintage pairs extremely well with the finest Scotch whiskeys, bourbons, and other fine spirits. Available at only 250 authorized tobacconists worldwide, the Perdomo Double Age 12 Year Vintage is a must have for every cigar enthusiast. Truly bold cigars like a good story. Perfectly crafted throughout, and you never want it to end. Take it from Rob Weiss, member of Camacho's Board of the Bold and the creator of the award-winning TV series Entourage. The Camacho Corojo is hand-built from authentic Corojo seeds, built for the expert palate and fine-tuned for maximum flavor impact, consistency, and quality. Are you looking for a new out-of-the-box, ready-to-smoke go-to cigar? Then look no further than Boutique Blends. Boutique Blends offers a wide variety of strengths, profiles, and sizes to appease even the staunchest aficionado. Crafted from the finest in small-batch Dominican tobaccos, Boutique Blends has a cigar to satisfy all taste profiles. From the highly rated and acclaimed Aging Room Quattro, the new Aging Room Maduro, or the Swag Puro Dominican, find the highly rated Boutique Blends cigar at your nearest tobacconist today. Honest Abe here, and let me tell you, undeniably, there's only one premium handcrafted stick that's 100% different than any other. Drew Estate's Acid. It's so wildly different that it's difficult to describe in words. Sweet, herbal, botanical, earthy, delectable, and on and on. They keep its unique infusion process a total secret, and with good cause, because everyone would copycat this unique cigar if they knew how. Guys love it, girls love it, and the people you smoke it around love it. Everyone loves Acid Cigars. 
Keeping Cuba's most coveted traditions for three generations, the legend continues with San Latano. With signature blends by A.J. Fernandez available in a smooth and creamy Connecticut, a hearty, rich San Andreas box press, Maduro, and a robust, full-bodied Habano. A.J. Fernandez continues the legacy with his new creation, the prestigious San Latano Oval. Using ultra-premium aged tobacco that takes a whole new shape and balance, the San Latano Oval is now available in both a Maduro and Habano wrapper. Visit your local tobacconist today and ask for San Latano Cigars by A.J. Fernandez. Welcome back to Kiss My Ash Radio with Honest Abe, Adam K., the Brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M. Welcome back, folks. Honest Abe here with my gang, Adam K., the Brewmeister, and the lovely Gwendolyn G. sitting in for the lovely Lady M. We'll get her back on the air soon and abuse her a little bit. Uh, sitting to our left and right is Larry Plumbo, Vice President of Tobacco at Altus USA, and Janelle Rosenfeld, who's a woman who's never aged a day since I met her almost 20 years ago. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Vice President of Marketing and Trade Association. You need, to, you need to formulate this and sell it, whatever it is you've been doing, because it works great. I love what I do. Honestly, she looks... I mean, when I met Janelle, she had no idea who I was. She was a very attractive blonde woman working in Altus USA, and... I don't think, honestly, she's aged today. If I had a picture from back then, I could prove it. Oh, but I don't thank think she's you. aged That's today so in 20 years. Um, you could attest, am I right? Absolutely. Aww, she gets younger, thanks. actually. I'm telling you, it works. <laughs> it's the cause. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> so, Larry, you were, during the break, we were talking a little bit about tobaccos, and we are talking about the, the you know, the thicker, you, you were telling us the thicker the leaves, the more flavor you usually get out of it, but unfortunately, the thinner the leaves, the more yield you get out of them, so... You're looking for a balance of a good leaf where it's going to still be thick enough. And you were telling us about the crowns, and you were telling us starting a story about that. Okay. Basically, fillers and binders, when the tobacco is grown, we were looking for thick, heavy tobacco. So every tobacco plant, when it starts to end, it get to the end of its life cycle, or if for some reason the plant is under stress, like the fields get flooded or uh, it's a drought, uh, but normally, at the end of its life cycle, uh, the plant will produce a flower. It will bloom, so it can produce the next right. generation. Inside, inside the flower are, is a pod that has contained seeds. So the plant realizes it's at the end of its life cycle and wants to reproduce itself. So it produces this flower. Now, in fillers and binders, what we do is when the flower starts to emerge, we go through the fields, and we call, we call it topping the tobacco. We snap the flower off the plant. The plant now realizes it can't reproduce itself anymore. So instead of putting all its energy into the flower, it now produces thicker and heavy leaves. So all filler and and, uh, binder tobaccos, it's what we call top tobacco. Okay. Now in broadleaf, it's the same thing. That's a sun-grown tobacco that we're growing primarily for wrappers. When the flower emerges, we snap the flower off, we let the tobacco stand in the field anywhere from 10 days to three weeks. During that time, the tobacco gets thicker and heavier, and that's what we're looking for. In wrapper tobaccos, we want very thin, uh, silky tobacco. So in wrapper tobaccos, we don't top the, 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 the plant. We let the flower bloom, 
and the plant is putting its energy in, into, into the flowers, and as a result, you get thinner, silkier tobacco. Interesting. It's yeah. pretty cool. Now, it's interesting you mentioned floods and things like this. I mean, how much do you guys have to prepare for acts of God? I mean, if it's a cold snap or, you know, how much... You know, everybody's always talking about how even in Florida where they have a lot of truck farming and things of this nature where all of a sudden you get a real bad cold snap and you might lose a large amount of crop. How much of that goes into what you guys have to plan for? Well, cold really is not a problem in uh, historically in Connecticut. We, mm-hmm. we start the process in Connecticut with the seed beds in April, but they're in heated greenhouses. Uh, Usually by the middle of May, towards the end of May, is when the tobacco gets transplanted to the field. Usually at that time in Connecticut, historically, you don't have to worry about a a freeze. Well, even a flood, hurricane, or anything? Well, that's always a a problem. Everywhere. Uh, The the biggest problem in Connecticut is is hail. Ah. In the summer, you get these storms that come through, and your crop can be wiped out uh, in a matter of minutes. Wow. So that farmers, when they, after they top the tobacco uh, in Connecticut with the broadleaf, they get a little antsy. Uh, they want to cut the tobacco and get it in the shed. But ideally, and also in Pennsylvania, they should let the tobacco stand, as I said, anywhere from 10 days to two to three weeks so that the tobacco really matures and gets heavy and uh, thick leaves on it. Now, you mentioned Pennsylvania, which I find interesting because... Yeah. I, I, you, know, you could probably enlighten me on this. I first heard of Pennsylvania tobacco maybe four years ago, five years ago. The first I've even ever heard of Pennsylvania tobacco. I think Rocky was the first one to really, as far as I can remember, was advertising using uh, wrapper grown in, in Pennsylvania. How long has that been going on? Uh, for a long, long time. I mean, it's going, I don't know exactly, but it, I'd say at least 100 years they've been growing. Pennsylvania tobacco. Primarily, I mentioned earlier... For for wrapper on premium cigars? No, it was primarily grown for chewing tobacco. Right. uh, Because the blend was Pennsylvania and Wisconsin. Wisconsin is a very hydroscopic tobacco. It's a little thinner. So the ideal blend in chewing tobacco was to have this hydroscopic tobacco, which would hold a casing, so that when you put it in your mouth, it would release the... The, the, the flavors over a period of time. Well, the Pennsylvania was a sturdy tobacco, which would keep the in your mouth the nut break break apart and keep the chew apart. together. Keep the chew together. So that was the ideal blend. But also there was um, it, it had been used historically. I know back in the 30s and 40s, I heard stories that it was used also as filler in in mass market cigars. Now, have, have you? made any premium cigars or worked any premium cigars over the years that used the Pennsylvania? Yes. We um, uh, we just came out with a cigar recently. I know this. We, we use Pennsylvania fillers and binders and maybe one or two cigars that use wrapper from Pennsylvania. We've been using it for quite a while. It's not anything Interesting. new. Interesting. Um, Jenna, I want to talk to you about this. Altus has the Monte Cristo Social Club Roadshow going on. We do. It's exciting. Yeah, can you tell us what the event's about and how people can find out about it? You know, it's it's on the website, MonteCristoSocialClub.com. It's uh, 11th City Roadshow. We just had two events, uh, one in Fort Lauderdale and one down in Miami. Larry was there. Great fun, uh, bringing together Monte Cristo Social Club members as well as any cigar lover uh, can come to the event. Uh, it's a fun evening, about three or four hours. We sit, we smoke cigars. Larry talks a little bit about tobacco, some of the things we've been talking about now, and uh, just get together and enjoy the cigar lifestyle. And where can they find where the tour is going uh, on? Monte Cristo Social Club.com. 
And they can also find out how to become a member. Absolutely. What or do they have to do to become a member of the Monte Cristo Social Club? Sign up. You get a wonderful uh, 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 membership gift. You get your own little membership card, a great yellow Monte Cristo Social Club membership card, and uh, have access to the wonderful education, uh, uh, lifestyle stories on Monte Cristo Social Club, and uh, also have access to attend these events. You Is there a fee? Uh, there's no fee to there's sign no up. No fee. Free How about membership. That? Free, free membership. membership. And these events are very reasonable, and there's great food. You get cigars. It's a great uh, deal for yeah, anybody. Yeah, I think Anybody who doesn't sign up for this. Uh, right. At the end of this month, out. we'll be in Houston and Dallas. We'll go to San Diego, L.A., Louisville, Philadelphia, Chicago, Atlanta, and Phoenix. And you can also go on our Facebook site, The Cigar Life, uh, which is a great Facebook site. I think we have about 100 and 30,000 fans and friends, and uh, the Monte Cristo Social Club Roadshow information's on there as well. Very neat. Yeah, what cool. I try to do at these events is bring tobacco with me, and I roll cigars, and people can handle and feel tobacco, and I show how uh, bunches are made and how we try to put the heavier tobacco in the middle of the bunch so that the lighter tobaccos go around it so you sort of get that little peak burn, ideally. Uh, so it's interesting for the people. They get to feel tobacco and see somebody roll a cigar in front of them. You even come scratch. away with a certificate of uh, maestro, don't right. you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah, I want to be a maestro. I, I want to be a maestro. I, want a maestro. I, want a me- I always want more membership cards. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. Adam needs to be a member everywhere he can get. Trust me. He needs more, uh, more uh, group social activities. Well, listen, I want to really no thank denying. both of you for taking the time to come on the show telling us some great stories, some great education about what's going on. And uh, to all our listeners, I know uh, Saturday mornings are usually a day off for you guys, so we really appreciate oh, it. Thank you. This is fun. It's great Thank you so much. We Thank really you for having it. us. And you have a great store here, and Thank people you, ought sir. to stop by. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. Janelle Rosenfeld, Vice President of Marketing, Trade Marketing, Altitude USA, and Larry Palumbo, Vice President of Tobacco, could be maybe the first and last Vice President of Tobacco I may ever meet. Bro, I don't know. <laughs> We're going to have to see if we can get five more. I don't know. But, Talk to the uh, booking agent. Great stuff. Thank you very much. Uh, up ahead after the break, we're going to hear from our good friend Cletus, the Hebrew Hammer. Do you believe uh, he was a boxer, professional boxer? How cool is that? The Hebrew Hammer. I didn't even know Jews fight. I thought they were very <laughs> you know, they're, they're morally business-oriented. I didn't know they were, But this guy, we had him on our show a while back. He trains here in West Palm. I love it. He gave our producer a punch in the stomach. Ah. Our producer wanted it. He said yep. he used to do this in college. Janelle, it was so hard. I, I think I would have hit the ground. So, but he fought on ESPN uh, Fight Night a couple weeks ago. He won his, he claimed his title again. He gained his title. And we're going to touch base with him right after the break and see how our good friend's doing and how what Cletus thinks about the fight right after this. Cool. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. You're listening to Kiss My Ass Radio. Named after the most interesting man in the cigar world, the Nestor Miranda Special Selection is carefully made in Esteli, Nicaragua, using only the finest Nicaraguan Habano wrapper. The cigar is oily to the touch and is second to none in construction. Available in both a dark, spicy, sweet Oscuro wrapper and a bold, full-bodied Rosado wrapper. For the tobacconist nearest you offering Nestor Miranda cigars, visit MiamiCigarAndCompany.com. Buying a home is the biggest investment you face. Choosing the right company to help makes all the difference. Property Transfer Services is a fully licensed professional title company that has been serving Florida, New Jersey, and the entire East Coast for over 22 years. Our team of experienced licensed title officers are here to work with the seller, buyer, realtor, builder, and bank to make sure that every transaction is a success. 
For more information on how property transfer services can help you, call Michael Rath at 561-691-5941. Again, that's 561-691-5941. Property Transfer Services is the official sponsor of The Great Smoke. Trill, Cabarete, Cuellar. Yes, Trill, Cabarete, and Cuellar. I said Trill, Cabarete, and Cuellar. Get these cigar brands in your head because they are great and here to stay. So do yourself a favor. Go to your local retailer and say Trill, Cabarete, and Cuellar. I need to try these now. Top rated cigars from Villager Cigars. It's a movement. For more information or to find a retailer near you, visit VilligerCigars.com. Voted the number one gentleman's club worldwide. Located on Okeechobee Military Trail. For the sexiest scene in the city. Come see us at the Spearman Rhino. The premiere of Scale Gentleman's Club. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the Silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper, fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up the Diamond Crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium Diamond Crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or Diamond Crown Lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit DiamondCrown.com. Placeres Reserva, a beautiful box-pressed cigar boasting a dark, oily Nicaraguan Habano wrapper and bold Nicaraguan and Honduran long fillers with a Costa Rican binder for excellent flavors. With a premium blend of chocolate, wood, and coffee, this medium-bodied cigar is complemented with pepper, cocoa, spices, and a hint of sweetness with a long, lingering finish. Placeres Reserva shows off how proper blending and aging tobacco make for a well-rounded, satisfying cigar. Placeres Reserva, presented by Coots. To find a tobacconist nearest you, please visit Coots.com. That's K-U-U-T-S dot com. Welcome back to Kiss My Ash Radio with Honest Abe, Adam K., the Brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M. Welcome back, folks. Honest Abe here with my gang, Adam K., the Brewmeister, and the lovely Gwendolyn G. What's up, Gwen? What's up? What you doing? Nothing. No. You feel better yet? What? Feel better? Yes, I feel better. Huh. Got to fix that. Well, we got on the phone right now an old friend. We're going to see how he did and what it, was, what it was. We have Cletus, the Hebrew Hammer. Welcome back, my friend. You're on Kiss My Ash Radio. Welcome, boys. How you guys doing? Uh, I got to tell you, Cletus, I've watched a lot of fights in my life. You know, I mean, I'm going back to Hagler, Sugar Ray days, you know, Hitman Hearns. I was watched a lot of fights. It's so much better when you know the guy. 
Yeah, I bet so. You know, it, it really is. When you met somebody and you know who they are and you feel it was so much cooler to watch a fight. We had a huge crowd here that night. We were watching the fight. We were cheering you on. Every good awesome. punch, every good hit, all you heard was, oh, oh, it was great. Yeah. And you, you, awesome. and you, and you, you, you met your prediction and, and ended the fight within five rounds, man. Big congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. What I want to know is, did you guys give out a round of beers for everybody? Dang, I really didn't. I should have. <laughs> oh, I, I, I should have. I remember being told that after Selden gets his knockout, we're giving everybody a round of beers. I, I tell you what, your next fight, everybody who shows up to watch your next fight, the first beer is on me for the whole house. There, I'm All right, on the that air. sounds yep. good. Well, make it on the producer. <laughs> uh, it's I, always his fault. You know, you know, you inspired a new segment on our show now. You know that. What, what was that? You you have inspired a new segment for our radio show. We have a segment oh, right. now. We call it pun- We have it's called Punish the Producer. We, <laughs> yes, we did electroshock therapy, uh, electroshock <laughs> trivia. I mean, trivia uh, a week ago where we zapped him, we tased him every time he got an answer wrong. And I believe that we're scheduling a dominatrix. We got, we got a dominatrix coming in for an interview who's going to paddle him in front of everybody. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, Cletus. I appreciate this. Well, uh, you look like you, you, you enjoyed it, you sick, sick, sick man. You're sick. You're an actor. You're sick. You look at, I don't want to use any bad words on the radio, but you know what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, let me tell you something. He is a little sick because I've come up with a, I've actually found a place online where I could buy live piranhas. And I told him I want him to put his hand in the tank for 30 seconds. And he's like, okay, no problem. So, yeah, he is a little sick. I have to admit, he is a little sick. So, he was like, Cletus, tell us he was about actually, He's actually going out of his way to find his own thing. He's like, well, if we're going to do piranhas, maybe I can, I, I can be naked and have some handcuffs behind me, too, you know? <laughs> Whatever he's like, uh, well, uh, if you're gonna do that, let me do this. Six, six you, you know me too well. You know me too well, Cletus. He's a, he is a perfectionist. He's dedicated to his job. So listen, <laughs> tell us, tell us, <laughs> tell us, tell us about is, the fight. How did you feel like a couple days later uh, after I hit you in the stomach? I was, I wasn't sure. For the first uh, three hours after, I had a nice fist imprint on my stomach for a while. And it was sore for a good four days. I'm, I'm going to be yeah, honest. Right. It was sore for four days. That's good. I told my, uh, my girlfriend, but, like, oh, my God, I thought you were going to drop him. I was like, if he was three inches shorter, <laughs> he would have went to the hospital because I would have hit you right in that solar plaque. And, yeah, woo! exactly. <laughs> woo, well, you know. Dead. I tell you what, you, you know, you wound, up, you wound up pretty good for too. I, I mean, you, like, good, wound up. Say, yeah, 70 to 80%. I just took a nice step over and just whack. That, but that's I, great. Next up, uh, two days later, I was like, oh, my God, my shoulder hurts. I was like, damn, I hope it's not from him. Because <laughs> they're going to kill me. Like, my friends are going to kill me. Oh. Damn. Thank goodness. Now, let me ask you about the fight. Okay. All right. I, 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 watch, I watch you sitting on the couch. You know, when you, you know when they didn't have the sound on and you were just like warming up, listening to your music. What goes on in your head right before a fight like that? Um, right at that point, I'm trying to stay as relaxed as possible. Everybody knows, stay away from me. Don't come in my dressing room, my bathroom, don't do anything. Just nice and relaxed. My brother's usually giving me a massage. Everybody's just 
just keep it chill because at that moment, we still got an hour before you go on. So you don't want to be too amped up and crazy because by the time you get out there, it feels like you're ready for it and it's fourth or fifth round already. So you want to stay as nice, relaxed as possible. It's not until I get my hands wrapped and I get my gloves on where I just, you just transfer over to you will literally eat somebody if you have to, if they get in your way. Now let me ask you a question. When you start the fight, the first round, does it ever go through your head, oh, this guy isn't what I thought he was, this is my fight, or, you know, because, you know, I mean, things change. I've seen guys dominate a fight and all of a sudden get knocked out. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, do, do you ever, do, was there any point where you just knew the win was yours anyway, or was it just, uh, you know, you, you just are in the moment just fighting at the time? Um, I knew that the strategy going into the fight, as long as you stick to it, no matter what round it is, if it's the first round to the tenth round, as long as you have a strategy and you stick to it and you believe in it, then you shouldn't have any doubt in your mind. Uh, I know a lot of people uh, that box and a lot of people that pick up strategy, if it doesn't work in the first two rounds, even though they tried the whole training camp to do it, they just decide, oh, it's not working for two rounds, we're going to get rid of it. With us, we didn't do that. It's going into the fourth round or the fifth round. My trainer just says, add one more punch to what we've been working to. And because we did that, it worked beautifully. So there's no, now, no doubt you, in my mind. You were laying most of the damage, but he did get a couple good good contact hits on you. Did, did he ever ring your bell? Did he ever hit you in a moment where you're like, whoa, I didn't expect that? No, nah, not at all. Um, after the fight, I had a few bruises on my head, but from the gloves. Um, I take a good punch. I've hit, been hit much harder. Uh, I fought Randall Bailey. Randall Bailey has over 40 knockouts. And um, he didn't come close to even... Um, Your career. Um, the person that hit me the hardest was, I would say, Randall Bailey. Randall Bailey hits hard. The guy has like a 80, 90% ratio of knocking guys out. And this dude hits hard. But he doesn't hit harder than me. I know if I hit you with that first <laughs> shot, I'm going to hurt you. In the last, when I was Boy. down in Florida, in West Palm Beach, I knocked out three of my spawn partners when I was down there. So, well, don't worry, we're going to give you another chance here. at that next time you're in town. <laughs> John's shaking his head. I said, we're going to give you another chance at John next time you're training in town. No, John's shaking that. his head. No, no, it's not happening. One, one's good enough. <laughs> one's good enough. <laughs> Listen, I don't know if you've noticed this as we noticed this watching the fight, but right before the knockout, you, you, you gave him a really good shot to the head. I mean, in slow motion, you saw his whole skin and jowls moving and everything. Mm. And yeah. then he turned around and he started laughing at you. Did you catch that? Yeah, I saw he did that. He, and yeah, he like taunted you. He was smiling, like like he didn't phase him, even though he could barely stand up. You know, did what, you did you did that was, piss did that piss you off at the moment or? Well, from from previous fights, I saw that he would do that, but I think with him, he thought that he just took my biggest punch, and it was like, okay, yeah, I took your biggest punch, and smiled, and I was like, oh, uh, here comes the eye of the bear, Jew. The bear juice coming for you, and then I put bear juice strength on him and put him in a whole new world. <laughs> you don't want the eye of the bear juice. No, you don't. 
Believe me, you don't. So, yeah, look, we got a picture of this. Here, put that up on fa- our Facebook, man. That's a great shot. We got a picture of that right there. Um, so, so what do you, what what do you do now? Because we we wanted to talk to you next, last Saturday, right after the fight, and your yep. trainer said, oh, he don't do nothing for a week after the fight." What's what's your ritual right after you you finish the fight? Um, after the fight, I usually go uh, go downstairs. I usually know everybody, and we go to the cross street. We get beers and we drink and have a good time with everybody. I take pictures, thank everybody for coming, and just having small talk with all of them. Then after that, I usually go to this uh, this, this popular uh, pizza place called Little Vincent's. It's right down the road. They put cold cheese on your pizza, and I usually I think I ate uh, I think I ate the whole pie by myself except one slice. So <laughs> think of that bad boy. You think you're gonna have to eat me? How about me? How about me after a fight? I'll kill you, big man. <laughs> so, and then so pretty much you, from there I get it uh, for this whole week I just eat, relax eat some more, drink some more eat some more, drink some more and then that's where the fat cleaners comes in but it's almost <laughs> over Sunday's almost here and then after that I go back to the gym I'm just going to go ride the bike a little bit I won't be in the boxing gym for uh, the whole month of March and just make sure I maintain my weight and that's it so all I get yelled at is about my weight Fat Cletus, what does that mean? You gain like three pounds? Yeah, right. I don't know. I, well, I still push out a six pack. Sorry, but thank God. But, uh, like, so actually, listen. Went yesterday, I got five appetizers from Applebee's, ate them all, and four beers. <laughs> you and I got you and I got to go out of the town and see who can eat more once. Yeah, um, let me ask you. Up. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> When's your next fight? You know? Um, they told me I possibly may. Uh, there was big news talking about a bigger uh, networking company. Um, I will not find out until maybe the end of end of March. So, but uh, May is looking for the horizon, and like I said, something bigger than um, ESPN. So that's about it. Fantastic. So, wh- where can everybody go to find out where you're going to be next, what you're fighting next, what the schedule is, or more about what's going going on in the life of Cletus? Do you have a website, or is it your Facebook yeah, page? Uh, CletusSheldon.com is the, uh, it's, uh, the website, but I don't use that as much. I use Instagram. Instagram, I'm the Bear Jew USA, and uh, there's over about four thousand. Yeah, the Bear Jew USA. Or you can just type in Cletus Sheldon, and you can follow me on there. I, I post all my uh, using my food and my stuff on there because my trainers and managers they don't have Instagram. They're not up to date with that stuff. So I usually post all my good stuff on there, and then um, you can find me on Twitter, Cletus Sheldon. Well, my fan page is Cletus the Hebrew Hammer Selden. So everything good on there. I post everything. Well, I'm going to tell you something, Cletus. you got a hardcore fan group base right now in uh, South Florida. So please stay yeah. in touch with us. Keep us posted. Let us know what's going on. We're going to follow you, my friend. And best of luck. All We're right. going to keep our eye on you. All right. Thank you, guys. God bless America and take care. Take care, Cletus. I love that guy. Yep. He's awesome, man. He's great. All right. Up ahead in our final break, we're going to dwell in a little bit in the world more of Gwendolyn G and see what's in her head and uh, <laughs> see who belongs. In the same sense, see who belongs in a cigar and scene asylum right after this. Kiss My Ash Radio with Honest Abe, Adam K., the Brewmeister, and Lady M. Listen to the show anywhere in the free world at kissmyashradio.com. 
Everyone rates cigars, but very few cigars can say that they have been the number one cigar in the free world. The Aging Room Quattro F55 Concerto is one such cigar. Ranked as the number two cigar in Cigar Aficionado's Top 25 Cigars of 2013, the Aging Room Concerto features Dominican fillers and binders and is wrapped in an exquisite 10-year-old Sumatran wrapper. This medium-bodied, full-flavored cigar is full of creamy sweetness time and time again. Aging Room Cigar, small batches, limited production. Unlimited enjoyment. When you light a Davidoff cigar, you set aglow the richest tradition of cigar making in the world. You release craftsmanship achieved by our investment in that most precious of commodities time. The time it takes to create a Davidoff cigar as it passes through 600 hands before it arrives in yours. The time it takes to age and mature the tobacco which fills a Davidoff cigar, sometimes as much as 10 years. The time it takes to hand-pick, hand-roll, and then carefully hand-check each individual cigar before it is fit to wear the legendary Davidoff white band. In every second of enjoyment, there are decades of experience. In every way, it is time beautifully filled. The Oliva family. The makers of some of the most affordable yet highest-rated premium cigars available continue in this tradition with the new Oliva Series V Milanio, a full-flavored yet smooth smoke which recently received a 95 rating from Cigar Snob magazine. Milanio and the other great Oliva cigars can be found at all smoke-in locations, so always ask for Oliva, an unbeatable value and an uncompromising quality. The Oliva family of cigars. Awarded the 2014 Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year with numerous 90-plus ratings, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary Cigar celebrates Tabacalera Perdomo's 20 years as one of Nicaragua's largest premium cigar manufacturers. Using only the highest priming tobaccos grown exclusively by the Perdomo family, the 20th Anniversary Cigar has a tremendous profile with layer upon layer of rich, elegant, complex flavors. Visit your nearest authorized tobacconist today and experience the masterful blend of these Nicaraguan puros. Now available in extremely limited edition pyramid size in sun-grown Armaduro. Are you looking for a new out-of-the-box, ready-to-smoke go-to cigar? Then look no further than Boutique Blends. Boutique Blends offers a wide variety of strengths, profiles, and sizes to appease even the staunchest aficionado. Crafted from the finest in small-batch Dominican tobaccos, Boutique Blends has a cigar to satisfy all taste profiles. From the highly rated and acclaimed Aging Room Quattro, the new Aging Room Maduro, or the Swag Puro Dominican, find the highly rated Boutique Blends cigar at your nearest tobacconist today. Welcome back to Kiss My Ash Radio with Honest Abe, Adam K, the Brewmeister, and the lovely Lady M. Welcome back, folks. Honest Abe here with my gang, Adam K., the Brewmeister, and the lovely Gwendolyn G. sitting in for Lady M. How is your radio, first radio experience? You've been very vocal this whole show. Um, very much. You know, I really don't know anything about cigars, so it's kind of just been like... Wah, wah, your brother's wah, life wah, is cigars. How do you know anything about cigars? When you talk about cigars, it's like... Wah, 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 wah. That, that's how... Listen, it's not just when I talk to her about cigars, but I talk to her about anything. That's how she hears me. Yeah. Why are you late today? Wah, 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 wah. Why didn't you show up for your wah, wah? That's all she hears. Yeah. That's why she's so good. 
That's why this works. That's why she's still single at 30. No, that's not why. Pretty much. Ooh. I'm a lot pickier than my sister was. I think you just... Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Oh, John likes that. Do you, John? I'm going to move when, over here. When's, when's that dominatrix coming in? <laughs> We're going to get a spike battle. Oh, yeah. Make sure she brings, like, the three whipped thing or whatever the thing. Oh, absolutely. Oh, oh, can we ball gag him and then paddle him? Yes. Oh. Oh, yes. Oh, I'm going to enjoy this segment. Very good. Big congratulations to some of our winners. Social media winner was John Genilaro of Tarpon Springs. Congratulations. You have won a five-pack of two stars. Five stars. He heard the word blend. As if we weren't going to say blend 8,000 times. We should have had a game every time the word blend was said. You had to take a shot. Ding. I think we're going to start implementing that. Okay. Yeah, fireball shots every time a certain word is said on the air. We'll do, uh, but I'm not allowed to know what the word is. Oh, okay. Right. Well, that makes it, That's what makes it fun. Gotcha. Yeah. Then somebody says, let's go drink. And we're like, what did we die? And congratulations to longtime dedicated listener James White of West Palm Beach. He won our Zycar package today. Yeah. <laughs> Big congrats. So are we going to do like a, you know, uh, dating game with you? Can we do a dating game with you? Sure. Let's do oh, it. Let's do it because we can't do it with Rocky. It's too hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to do a Gwendolyn G dating game. We're going to get three guys that you can't see lined up here. You get to ask them questions, and I'll pay for the, the lunch date immediately after the show. Okay. You're going to put like that together? Plan. I can do that. Sure. I'll find okay. some. I think we can do some guys. You know, get a little Snoop Doggy Dog from the hood and a couple other guys, you know, for her and, you know, some real quality people. Why they got to really? be Snoop Doggy Dog? Because I'm black? Yeah, That's pretty much. <laughs> pretty I'll, much. I'll interview the guys to make sure they're, they're good. They're probably the only types that won't be scared of you. I'm scared of her. She's, she's mean. She likes me. to give such dirty looks. It's not even funny. Oh, that's all. That's why she's not no, doing the radio. Her no, facial expressions. I can't have be a seen. syndrome. A syndrome? It's called resting. You know what? Face syndrome. It's a real thing. My hold face. on. Hold on. Wait. Hold on. Hold on. What's this real thing called? It's called the resting B word. Face syndrome. It's a real. <laughs> you can say bitch, can't you? Uh, well, no. I think you one can time's try. good. <laughs> one time's good. You can do it once. That's what it's really. It's a real thing. I, I gotta look that up. Somebody get, get the is Google. It, I thought they call, it's called a permafrown or something, right? Yeah, you just. It's My like, girlfriend has one too, just because she dates. That's because she dates you. Oh, yeah, you beat me to it. <laughs> yeah, that's because she dates you. When's the date? Have you set a date for the wedding? Oh, uh, no, I haven't. Oh, so I hope she's not listening to the show then. <laughs> did he even pop the question yet? No, I did not. I thought you're engaged. No, I'm not engaged. Oh, you're not I engaged. Even, yet? I haven't. Uh, I'm shopping for. Uh, Jewelry right now, actually. I wasn't going to say that part after you said you weren't engaged. No, it's okay. Well, does she know it's coming then? Uh, God, she's been hinting enough at it, so I think she's... <laughs> What's the procrastination for, dude? Jump on it. You're not going to have that many more opportunities. No, it's true. It's true. That, there's no procrastination, really. It's just a matter of, you know... Uh, no, I don't. A little no. scared, a little uh, apprehensive. How she's long have you been with her? Two and a half years. Okay. Not a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, that's a really long no, time. No, I knew my wife for five years, then dated her for five years. Right. Before I finally proposed. No, but, she, I mean, if you can put up with me for two and a half years, you got to be pretty decent. You're, you're really a good guy. Well, I'm a nice guy. Just an I'm, underachiever, that's all. <laughs> underachiever. <laughs> but you're a good guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a good guy. No, I'm a good guy. We got. We, we, listen, I don't know who would be more fun. Should we do the dating game with Adam K or Gwendolyn J? I think do should, both. I think we should do it like every couple of months, do a yeah, dating game. Yeah, let's do both. Yes. I think it would be interesting. Be great. All right. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. It's time to see who belongs in a cigar insane asylum. I got a doozy, too, this one. Welcome to the cigar asylum. 
Did you know I'm utterly insane? We all go a little mad sometimes. Where logic and reason cease to exist. That could be probably one of my fav- most favorite intros that you've ever had done. Thank you. I like that one. Yeah, it's actually one. creepy. Yeah. It's a good good intro. I, I also enjoy the stripper one, too. Because yeah. I, I love to get Versace? things from Versace. Versace? Yeah. Oh, I love Versace. <laughs> okay, here we go. Of course, Florida. Driver throws her baby at office officers who pull her over. <laughs> yes. Only in Florida. Only in Florida. I, I, and my theory is it's the sun beating down on their brains for multiple years. It finally bakes or fries some component. Without looking at the story or knowing anything about it, is she black? Oh, yeah. Of course. Right there. <laughs> right there. Hold on. Actually, put a picture of this on Facebook. <laughs> right course. there. Well, I need to read that story. Uh, I got We're going to put a picture of this. I'll find it, yeah. Because you can see of her. Of course. Why would you say that? You don't think a white person would throw a baby? <laughs> oh, God. No, they just leave them in cars. They do. That's, yeah, you know that, what? That's, that's a good point. That's a valid point. That's a good point. Good yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, listen, there are stereotypes that follow through. I mean, uh, uh, what, I do they, what do they call them? Um, the guys who kill multiple people. Serial, Serial killers. killers? Serial killers are typically white people. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, and it's male. True. And male, yes. Mm-hmm. All right, here's a scoop, folks. This is brought to you courtesy of CLE and Asylum Cigars. One Florida woman is not going to win Mother of the Year anytime soon. Monique Miller... 34, appeared in court on Tuesday after she allegedly threw her baby from her car on Monday. Miller was pulled over during a traffic stop in North Miami Beach. When they stopped her, the police discovered that she was driving with the baby in her lap. Yes. Well, that's... well she probably couldn't afford a car seat. <laughs> Whammy. Resistant at first, Miller began yelling obscenities at the officers and then tossed her baby out the window. Thankfully, a quick-witted officer was there to catch the baby in time. At this time, officials are still not sure how old the baby is. In court, the judge ordered Miller to be separated from her child, to which she replied. Can anybody guess what the reply was when she was told that she was going to be separated from her child? Gwen? Oh, no. What would would, would a black woman say? I mean, if she already threw the baby out the car, she probably was like, okay, thank you. Her reply was, okay, I need a break anyway. <laughs> did she, Boom. In court. Did she at least throw a tight spiral? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, if we're going to go stereotypes, it was probably dead on, you know. Nice bullet, you know. Somebody signed that lady up to play for the Marlins. <laughs> During her altercation with the police, she also kicked the door of the police officer's cruiser, causing the door to slam him in the head. She faces charges for child neglect, criminal mischief, Battery on a law enforcement officer. She is still in jail on $7,500 bond. And considering that she didn't have a baby seat, I doubt she was going to come up with that. Yeah. <laughs> and was ordered to take prescribed medicine. That sounds like a good idea. Yes, Miss Miller, you definitely belong. Also, when you see the photo, which reminds me. In a cigar in the same asylum. Don't do meth. Don't do meth. <laughs> Here's the photo if you want to post it on Facebook. I got it already. You got it already? Uh, oh, what a producer. Look at him. All right, folks, we hope you enjoyed today's show. Gwen, thank you for joining us. Anytime. Always a pleasure, Gwendolyn Jean. We will have you back on for our dating game. Yeah. Going to see if we can hook you up finally with some guy who will put up with you. <laughs> um, next week, we're going to have Christian Aroa of CLE Asylum Cigars, see how things are going. So uh, as my closing ceremonies, as always, life is short. Savor the moments that count. Never be afraid to express how you feel. Because if anyone doesn't like it, what do you tell them, Gwen? Kiss my ass. Be merciless, spare no cigar, smoke them all, let God sort them out.
Smoke them like some Winston Churchill. 